If scary movies give you dread, keep you up late night in bed, here's a podcast that will help you ease your mind. We'll explain the plot real nicely, then we'll talk about what's frightening so you never have to have a spooky time. It's ruined. Hi, Allison. How's it going? Hi, Hallie. How are you? I'm good. This is Ruined, a podcast where we ruin a horror movie just for you. Just for you guys. Um, yeah. I got, I, I, I'm coming in with something. Oh, okay. Do tell. Lay it on me. I have an unpopular, possibly candy opinion. Okay. We've I'm, had it before. I'm sure you'll have them again. And we know, as I am a pro Whoppers person, and I understand how maligned they are, um, I love I'm, Whoppers. Me, and yes. I will never um, question that love. I hate them, and I will stand against—I I, I put them their evil deeds behind me, but go ahead. <laughs> um, you know, we're—Easter candy is upon us. I am a fan of a lot of Easter candy. The Cadbury mini eggs? No, do you like them? Yes, I love them. <laughs> no, I don't like that Cadbury. I, I Like, the, the stuff with the cream inside? No, 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 not the cream eggs. The, like, the mini eggs, which are solid chocolate, but they have, like, a— um, I guess it, the closest um, texture I could compare it to is a uh, matte ceramic outside. Yeah, no, I'm going to go ahead and say I don't care for that. <laughs> They're like, I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about, and no, I don't like that shit. Well— I do, and I just had some, and it was awesome. <laughs> oh, good. I'm glad. Yeah, that, they, but those are akin to a Whopper, so I think yes, that makes well, sense. That's, that's what, like, kind of, like, made me, like, oh, I'll bring this to the pod audience because we've had a lot of uh, Whopper-based arguments, and I feel like this is kind yeah. of the the spring Whopper. Yeah, the Whopper of the—I the, like that. Uh, uh, the Equinox. A Whopper of the Equinox. Yes. I don't like that. They're also hard. I don't know if it's because my teeth yes. are soft like chalk, but I don't like that hard— um, that hard candy. Well, our editor Kat said so good, so I'm glad somebody's on my. I think that they are more liked than Whoppers are. Yes, I feel like people talk about Cadbury like, oh, it's Cadbury, Cadbury time. Makes good chocolate. Eh. I don't know. I, I I the older I get, the more I want like the bitterest dark chocolate. I don't milk chocolate is so sweet. It's so sweet. It's like a very specific. But I almost like enjoy that because mm-hmm. I don't eat a lot then. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, like, like, I, like you're it's like, oh, I can out. have like two or three mini eggs, and I'm like, that's plenty. Yeah, and that's some. I need an external control force in my eating. No, that makes sense. Kat says the dark chocolate ones are also incredible. Oh, yes. Well, then, yeah, that would have ruined my life for sure. Yeah, that makes sense. I thought you were going to say something about Peeps, and that of course no. was that um, when you open a bag of Peeps, you got to let them dry out a little bit. You got to season the Peep. You got to let them get hard. I am not the into soft peeps. is too soft. Yeah, I there's something about like that's a texture I can't get behind. Which I makes which makes sense because it's marshmallow with the coarse crystallized sugar, sugar on it. Yeah. But so if you let the if you let them harden, if you let them air dry, cure, then it, the the texture is more sure. palatable. If they're too soft with the sugar just a gooey crunchy. Ugh. Gooey crunchy. It remind that reminds me of um that Simpsons bit where it's <laughs> like Nuts and gum together at last. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it's nuts giving and gum. me nuts and gum vibes. Um, this is um, interesting. This is, so you're pro peep. I like how they look. I would. I'm not going to buy a peep. Sure. And at this point, I'm probably not going to eat a peep. But it, as a child, I love them, and yes. visually, I love them. I love how they look. Yeah. I'm trying to get any Easter candy. A Jelly Belly jelly bean. Yes. Any other jelly beans? Unacceptable. Yeah. Agreed. Other than that, I guess what else like, is like, Easter candy. 
like a solid milk chocolate rabbit. I just don't like solid milk chocolate. It's just so sweet. And also like the way that those are, it's like, am I supposed to eat this for like three weeks? Like you're (laughs) sucking on that thing. If you're a kid just whittling it down over time, that can't be good. No, that can't be. Good for your teeth? That can't um, be good. But thank you for sharing that. I yeah, hadn't I just thought, thought about that the that eggs. was like something. Uh, oh, yeah. Of note. How are you? I'm okay. I'm trying to think of what I'm up to. Mm. I have a friend in town, which I love, but also then you have to hang out and do a lot of stuff. That's a whole thing. And I, I just need to, I need to organize my life better. I is what I'm, I'm just sort of like, oh, right. I've made it so that I cannot just have a couple days where I just go have fun, you know, without yeah. physically um, wanting to. Um, drive into the L.A. River, yes. which I would survive because, well, right now there's water there. There's actually. water in it now. There must be because yeah. you guys have had rain. Yeah. Mm. Um, other than that, I have truly nothing else new. Yeah. I mean, that's okay. It's kind of like a quiet time. Um, yeah. Right, yeah. It's like that um, uh, April showers bring May flowers. March, nobody gives a fuck about March. Nothing's it's happening in March. In like a lion out like a lamb? That Is sounds that right. March? No, I don't know. And not Allison, to bring up another great Simpsons quote, like this. Lisa telling Homer, beware the Ides of March. And then Homer says, no. <laughs> <laughs> just, just so it was, yeah, there's all time uh, kind of like the Simpsons. funniest one-off jokes. And it was mostly Simpsons and 30 Rock. Yes. Yes. And I two, think my, two of the best yeah. in the game. I think my favorite one was 30 Rock, which is, again, I'm sure we've talked about a specific joke even on the show, where uh, it was uh, Jenna, uh, Jenna being like, Wow, now when you Google my name, that Jenna who electrocuted all those horses doesn't show up first. Jenna, that was, that was you. Is <laughs> so, like, the delivery Just, is so good. Yeah, there's, like, so many incredible lines delivered flawlessly by some very talented comedic actors. I also realized I have my heater on, so Kat, <gasps> tell me if it's too loud. Because it's so goddamn cold in my apartment, I have to put it next to me. Like, it's this is basically my Riz. Like, I have my pet is a little heater that sits Aww. next to me. Riz is a little space heater. He lays on yeah. top of me and he's so warm. Mm, he's so cute. He's taking a nap right now in the sun. I love him. And I also wish I was doing the same thing. I know. I'm just like looking over at him, like, let's trade. Yeah. That'd be a fun um, body swap. <laughs> just like, what would a, a dream? What would a cat do with an adult woman's body? Like, just eat and also ooh. nap. <laughs> yeah, I would say just eating rats in the street. Yeah, I think he would just like reach the things that are high up. <laughs> just <laughs> so knocking all your own to. shit over. Yeah, that's just cute. like just imagine like me in my apartment just like knocking things off of like cabinets. Hey, they're your stuff. It's my stuff. I'm, I can do what I want. God, I'm trying to think of anything else I'm I'm doing that's not work related. I don't know, man. I have nothing going on. I, I have the cat. Nothing. That's it. Yeah. So, um, but that's, that's okay. That's um, okay. This is coming out after our live show, and so Correct. I I just want to reiterate in case you didn't see the live show how much I didn't like knock at the at the door, mm. which I keep thinking is knock at the cabin door. Yeah, it is. It does feel like it. it should have the word cabin in it just for the flow. Yeah. I mean, if you watch the live show, you know, you'll you'll already have my opinions, but I've just been really reminiscing. I'm thinking about it. I'm like, swing and a miss. But he'll, I'll, I'll ba- you know, I'm in that seat, that opening night for that oh. fucking next M. Night movie. Every time. There's nothing. He cannot Does he already have one in the, in the works? Is he already writing one? You know, I want to say yes, and I want to say it's something I funny. feel like this was the one that he, like, posted the completed script on Twitter and was like, it's done. And I was just like, okay. <laughs> Well, and again, we will, I, I don't want to get a into it. A photo of the script, not like posted the script. Right, yeah. 
But um, yes, that was this that one. Like leather you know, bound. <laughs> He's producing um, his daughter's first movie. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I remember reading it. Look, we've talked about Nepo babies. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I want to say she, she is like, I'm going to go say 19 or something. Like, she's so hey. 22. 22. And I'm saying, girl, you better come out with a fucking banger. I, she yeah. probably will. And and it, I think about, like, um, you know, David Cronenberg's son. We yeah. have to, we'll do Infinity Pool. We'll do Infinity Pool. Ooh, yeah. Um, like it was like it's like to to follow in your father's footsteps and then be as good, good. as him. Like I, I'm not as good, but like to be incredible. I think I think uh, his what is his star's name? Ashana. I think Ashana uh, Shyamalan. I think she's gonna surpass her father. I'm gonna go ahead and call that. Well, now he's and been kind excited. of on a downward trajectory these last few films. I feel. Well, I mean, last few. Everyone except the first one, one might yeah. argue. Like, I mean, again, I say to someone who's like, I will defend him no matter what. I don't give a fuck. I don't, he can he can disappoint me to my face every day of my life, and I will yeah. defend him. Uh, we need somebody out there making movies with wild twists. Uh, that's what we need. There Please. just aren't many of them. And whatever they do, we're all so excited. For example, why? That's why we thought Barbarian was so great. Yeah. When you get that fucking like screaming mother monster woman running out of the fucking darkness. It's it's just great. It's just what you want. Um, with that in mind, we're going to give you what you want. This is our first movie for March. Yes. And the theme we talked about, which five minutes ago, which I already don't remember. Also, what is um, it? Movies that get requested a lot. Movie, thank you. Movies that get requested a lot. Absolutely. But I feel like we have run in, like, I'm glad that we're doing this because I feel like we have had movies where, like, a bunch of people are like, you've got to do this one. And it, like, never fit, they never fit in themes. And it's always like, oh, we'll get to it. But it's like, especially, like, movies that feel, like, a bit more singular. Yes, um, yeah. And, you know, we just came off of horny months. We're all kind of lying in the blissful aftermath of that. Puddle, and, uh, yeah. So, you know, we, 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 we spent our energies coming up with horny month, and we are just now going to do uh, a month yeah. of movies you guys have asked us to do. <laughs> um, and the first movie we were going to do, which is, we, I remember being asked this from the jump when we— first launch is of course 1981's Possession. Yes. Um which is directed by look Andre Zalowski. Great. And it was written by Zalowski and Frederick Tutin and it stars a very a young Sam Neill Hot. and one of the best actresses I've ever fucking seen in my life. I I haven't I don't believe I've seen her anything else. Her name is Isabel Ed Johnny. She plays the female lead. K- killed me. And I fucking love this movie. I had not seen it before. Oh wow, um, we've talked. We talked about this, but like, I this is the kind of movie I didn't want to watch because once I've seen it, then I will have seen it. Does I, that make sense? I am. I am finding that uh, that in myself, not with horror, but um, the new uh, Party Down season premieres oh, today, yes. and I'm like, do I watch it tonight or do I save it? Yeah, I don't know. And I saved it for now, and I'm so glad because it touches on a lot of themes that I'm certainly thinking about a lot. All right. Um, the self, mm. um, the woman in the world, um, oh boy. love and, and divorce, West Berlin, you know, sure. a lot of stuff that's, that's, that's going to ring a lot of bells for a lot of people. Um, and, of course, we always like to start out by having Allison react to the trailer. Allison, what are your thoughts about the trailer for Possession? Whew. 
um, unsettling, I yeah. guess is the word I would use to describe how it feels. Mm-hmm. I didn't like it. But it looks, yeah. it doesn't look like, I don't know if maybe it's just the remastering of, of you know, whoever digitized it, but, like, it doesn't look like it's from 1981. Like, it looks like, like, it's shot very, it looks more modern. Interesting, yeah. But, um, again, that could be just, like, the resolution, like, I feel like sometimes, maybe it's just that the trailers get ripped and they're so bad. I also the ones think I you, watch. You <laughs> have a, um, an embedded hatred of, Old, not hatred of, you don't think older movies are scary, which yeah. I, I find absolutely bonkers. So maybe because it didn't look like that, maybe it'll make it scarier in your mind. I mean, you know? it's already pretty fucking scary, so. It's an absolute fucking dream come true. Um, and there's a lot of different themes in the movie, but I'm just going to take a baseline scary. How scary, Elson, do you find the concept of divorce? Ooh, I mean, it's not as scary as some other things we've talked about. Um because it happens a lot. Yeah, but that being said, neither of us have been married. So it's this sort of like... This is true, so I does, don't know. Yeah, does divorce take on a different meaning? Because, meaning? yeah, that's how my... I mean, but then again, also, I believe both sets of our parents are still married. Mm, so mm-hmm. it's sort of like the reality of what divorce is has been yeah, shielded has, from our eyes. It's not like part of my life. Um, yeah. In a way I that know I, people that are divorced. They seem okay. Yeah, I guess maybe we wouldn't know if somebody wasn't okay. Yes. You know, that's probably yes. the kind of thing that you're not revealing if your divorce is going would, very yes. badly. And I would imagine know. that a part of a lot of divorces is is hiding things and, mm-hmm. and you know, not being the same person anymore, and that shit is scary. I'm going to follow that up with another thing that I think this movie is about, which is, Allison, how do you feel about, in general, about monogamy? Um... Scary. No, um, I don't, like, I, you know, I, I'm not with someone now. It's been a really long time since I have been. I don't know. I think it works for some people. <laughs> I'm, like, indifferent. Yeah. It's certainly I, not the only way. Yes, absolutely. For people to live. I feel like, again, after coming out and then meeting a lot of queer people who are not monogamous in a traditional sense, or, you know, like, I mm-hmm. know way more people who are, like, polyamorous now. Yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, God bless you, you know. Um, I This movie to me is like, well, you know, I really see the benefit of, if instead of ha- ha- reacting to sexual infidelity with a monstrous love reaction, if we could maybe have a conversation about yeah. we're all human beings and, like, what that could look different like in a human way. Different needs can come from different people, and that's okay if that's as long as everybody's being respected. Um, yeah. It's like yeah. does it's like does mon- if does monogamy set up people to cheat? Is is sort of what I think this movie is positive. It's not just about that. Obviously, right. it's about a lot of stuff. But that's something that came to mind where I'm like, you know, a lot of this stuff probably if you just felt like you could be honest about how you, how you feel about your life, things yeah. would have been better. But that's so those are the themes we're going to be playing with. Great. Um, and then Allison, would you like to guess the twist in possession? The twist. Does this movie have a um, a traditional twist? No, I mean, there's certainly something that if in M Night Shyamalan's hands, he would have made a twist, mm-hmm. but it, it happens earlier. So no, it's not a twist. Um, I'm gonna guess that the husband has been lying from the beginning, and the affair that he's having predates the marriage. Yeah, 
Okay. That's that's all. I mean, based, the trailer is, like, terrifying, but not, like, particularly clear. <laughs> yeah. Also, everyone looks alike in this movie. Um, that's are there two dark-haired women? Well, or they are, the same and that's woman? sort of... Actually, we've done two, um, two movies where that's sort of part of it, is that okay. they are... They look exa- exactly alike. Okay. Um... All right, let me let us begin uh, ruining possession. Okay, so we open on Mark, who's played by Sam Neill. He's coming home from an international trip to West Berlin. And as soon as he gets there, I, they do a great job of immediately getting into the story, which is great. he gets out with his luggage, and his wife, Anna, kind of runs down to the taxi, and he says, you cannot ask for a divorce out of the phone. You said we need more time. How much more time do you need? Can we at least talk about this? And she's like, I don't know, which is really hard to, like, how do you start the conversation of that, you right. know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Versus if you, like, I am leaving, that's one thing. It's another thing to be like, I think this is over. I don't know, you know? Yeah, that's, like, that's worse, I think. Oh, exactly. It, it's equivocating, you yes. know? It's it's sort of like not— It's a, uncertainty and and Yeah, and like not that you stuck can in know— limbo. Yeah, but if you do know, you got to uh, drop yeah, the hammer. rip the Band-Aid off. And he says, okay, well, do you want me to stay somewhere else tonight? And she says, no, Bob, who's their son. And it's very cute to have a five-year-old son named Bob. Bob. Bob's expecting her. And Bob is in this, and you know how I feel about how kids in horror. Also, every fucking new horror movie has kids in it. I don't want to see it. Yeah. I don't think it's, I don't, I do not want to see something scary happen to a kid. And also, they don't make them scary. Like, they hedge, because, hedge horror because of there's children in there. Sure. Don't do it. Don't do that. But this is a kind of movie where they're not hedging anything. Oh, boy. And so, yeah, so then as soon as I see him, I'm like, oh, boy, oh poor boy. Bob. Oh, boy. And so they both kind of watch. He splashes around the bathtub, and, you know, he's just the cutest little uh, peanut you ever did see. Aww. Later in bed, like, they've clearly had sex, and Anna's sort of, you could tell she's trying to talk herself down from wanting to leave, like, wanting divorce. And Mark says, like, this, is, this was on me. Like, I demanded too much. Like, I was away all the time. And she says, well, like, when you were away, were you unfaithful? And he says, the truth is, not really. And he okay. asks her the same. And she fervently denies it, even though he's like, look, this comes out, this came out of the blue. And I got to think when this kind of thing happens, it is because there's someone else. But she's like, no, no, no. So then Mark's like, okay, look, we've been married for a while. We have a kid. Feelings change. Like, let's talk about it. You know, like, let's yeah. work it out, you know. And he says, like, without you, I wouldn't feel anything at all. And she says, well, what do you feel now? And he says, well, do you really want me to tell you? And she says, no. And he sighs and admits, well, we're, we're kind of the same person. So that's the other problem is like, all right, okay. if you want to know what's going on, that you're going to fucking know, right? Yeah. And that is tough. And like that is, I feel like, why people don't go to couples therapy is like, oh, if you really want to know how I'm doing, guess what? It's going to be bad. Here you go. I'm, I'm already at the point where I'm saying I'm going to leave you. But- Mark, as it turns out, is a um, spy. So we see him get debriefed about his journey abroad, which is a covert mission to meet a target and give them the vials. And I love vi- the Ooh, vials. Ooh, I'm going vials. Ooh. <gasps> Ooh. I wish someone would give me some vials. I, I would, would break them immediately. love some vials. Um, and they're basically like, okay, you did a great job. We want to basically rehire you to do the next part of the mission. But he says, I have family things going on. I have to save my marriage. I have a, a five-year-old child, I did this for you. I'm not doing it again. 
But of course, how do you get out? Once you do a one covert mission, they're going to come and knock him. Yeah. And they gave him as payment a big fat valise full of money. And there's a lot of really great moments where like he just goes outside and just like puts his leg up like he's opening a backpack and then just opens up this valise <laughs> and it's filled with like stacks of cash. Like just moments <laughs> like that that are incredible. That's great. He goes home and Anna is gone. And we know that Bob is at school during the day. So he was under the impression, I'll come home with my valise full of cash. We'll talk about it. Mm -hmm. And he ends up falling asleep on the rug near the phone until finally Anna calls. And he says, I've been waiting for you all day. I I thought we were going to work it out. And she says, I'm downtown. I had to think. I had to think, you know, like figure something out. And he starts to, he's now convinced she is having an affair because this is also out of the blue. Okay. He goes through everything, all the books, and he finds a a postcard. He should be able to figure that out. And he does. So he finds immediately a post a postcard. Girl, you can't leave your postcards from your around. You can't just leave around. a postcard around? From a man named Heinrich. And it says, I've seen half of God's face here. The other half is you. And it's from the Taj Mahal. Mm-hmm. Um, so he calls uh, Anna's only um, Margie and grills her on Anna's situation. Like, how long has this been going on? I, don't lie to me. Just, I know she's having an affair. And Margie admits she's been seeing this guy probably over a year at this point. So this is not a new thing. That's a long time. Yeah, she's been at it, which he's so shocked. He had no idea. I mean, to be fair, it's like a spy. You didn't, but I think that's supposed to, like, he's a spy and he he was so oblivious to his wife. Yeah. The phone immediately rings. It's Anna and she says, we're over. It is over. I have someone else. We have been seeing each other for a long time. And I really, I wasn't sure what to do, but now I'm ready. And he's grilling her, like, did you sleep with him? Do you like it more than with me? And she says, yeah, I do. And it's like— I mean, clearly. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I'm not leaving you because I'm not having hot sex with a new guy. Like, grow up. Right, if it was bad, I would stop doing it. (laughs) Right, yeah. Because, like, why would I keep doing it? Yeah, I'm having a horrible sex with a guy I hate. I'm going to leave you for For a year. Yeah. Outside of our marriage. (laughs) And she says—and he realizes, wait a minute, are you calling from his place? And she says, yeah. So he says, in a half an hour, we have to meet at Cafe Einstein to discuss our breakup. So he is, at all times, trying to go about this like we are actually going to break up in a mature way. Neither of them are capable of it. And also, there's some complicating supernatural factors at play that will come up. But he's like, we're going to meet and we're going to, but really, they're going to rage each other. And it's, again, all the staging, this is a beautifully shot film. Gorgeous. And I'll say this now, if you can, this is not, I mean, there are moments of gore, but this is definitely something that I feel like a lot more people could watch compared to some other movies we do. Please watch this. I love this movie. I I think everything about this movie was great. But, so they're meeting at Cafe Einstein and he's sitting at like a little two-top. Instead of sitting next to him, she sits at the next table. So they're sort of facing like 90 degrees and it's just like, they're kind of arguing but they're not even facing each other. Oh, it's so good. And uh, he says, his first thing out of his fucking mouth is, okay, well, if you're leaving me then I'm not seeing Bob anymore. Your own what, kid? Why are you taking that out on the kid? Well, exactly. It's like, it, because it's like the only way he has to lash out. And of course, Anna says, that's inhuman. And he says, and what you're doing to me is human. It's like, okay. if your reaction to someone cheating on you is, I'm going to abandon my son. Yeah, you're- Fuck you, dude. Yeah, like- Yeah, you're an asshole. You're allowed to be upset, but like, don't take it out on your five-year-old son right, who desperately you needs two. you. Yeah, so obviously that brought up a lot for me, personally. I don't like that. Yeah, as someone who, you know, knows a five-year-old, you don't be doing that to him, you know? No. And he's like, I, I would feel better 
like, if it was just something spontaneous that just happened, like, this has been going on for a year. And she says, if it makes you feel any better, I was in his bed on the first night I met him. Like, it just happened. It does not make him feel better. What? That would not make me feel better. And a lot of their interactions are this really excellent, like, they immediately are escalating, escalating, and they're immediately in each other's face and saying, like, the meanest, but also the most, uh, the thing that they want to scream at each other. You know, like, that they, everything they say is like, I've been wanting to fucking tell you this, you know? Mm-hmm. And he sweeps his glassware out of the ground and the waiters, you know, look at him. And she picks up her coat and uh, Anna snarls in his face like, no one is good or bad, but if you want, I'm the fucking bad one, man. And then she says, which to me is like, this is the meanest thing you can say to someone. And if I had known this other man that she's sleeping with, if I had known he existed in the world, I never would have had Bob with you. Oh, that's mean. Oh, and that to me is like, you'd only say that to hurt someone as much as possible. Yes. Which is what, what, what this is going to be. Like, this is not going to be a, let's go to public counseling, you know. like right. look, let's work this out, find roommates, an amicable co-parenting Yeah, no, situation. this is, yeah. we are going to try to destroy each other. Um, Mark leaps up and chases her through the cafe, literally throwing chairs at her until he's physically restrained by the cook. So basically, we, so he, she goes back to the apartment with Bob. Mark checks into a hotel and falls apart. Like, he's shaking, that's yeah. sweating, like, heartbreak feeling. His room is full of empty bottles and wrappers. He's got just vomit on his suit jacket. He's unwashed and unkempt. And don't worry, Allison, I gave him your number. So, um, oh, great. so a, a housekeeper appears at the door to try to clean. He says, how long have I been here? And she says, three weeks. So he's been on Ooh. a three-week-long bender losing his mind. Allison, he goes back to his apartment and finds Bob. He's filthy, he's unwashed, and he's alone in the apartment. He's five years old. And Bob tells his dad, like, you know, oh, mom has been away for a while, and then Aunt Margie called, and she broke her leg. So Margie was supposed to come over and watch him and then had some sort of accident. So he's just been alone. And there's, I know. And there's this very, like, intimate scene where, you see Mark take off his shirt and then sort of just, like, look at his son's, like, little tiny body. It's so cute. Mm. And Bob shows him, oh, I got a sailboat that Uncle Heinrich got him. And he's like, did he? You did you just get that to, like, the last three weeks? And Mom says, no, I got this months ago. You know, again, like, oh, this— You haven't, yeah. But also, like, that your wife's lover is giving your son gifts and you didn't even know. Right. You know, like, right. that is fucked. Yeah, how checked out have you been that that's, like— Yeah. Kids have no filter. They don't know, you know. Later, Anna comes home and finds Bob in a rocking chair. And she's like, I, it's not always like this. I understand. He's like, I'm taking over the apartment. You can see Bob whenever you want, but I you will. I cannot let you leave him alone. I know I'm a fuck. He literally is vomiting his jacket. It's like, I'm fucked up, but that was fu- even more fucked up. Yeah, and agreed. And unfortunately, he's still trying to get her back, even though, again, he's like, direct, like sweating and covered in vomit. He's like, I can't live without you. Please don't leave me. Call Heinrich and break it off. And Anna's sobbing and screaming. And basically trying to agree, but, like, an incredible moment of, like, you know, like, she's in love with this man, but you know it. It also probably isn't going to, it's not like it's going to pan out. Like, this is just, like, something she needed. But to go back to her marriage is, like, she can't do it because of, like, how she feels about So she's just, like, hitting Mark and screaming Jesus over and over again. That night, he's, of course, they still sleep together, and he undresses her. And he's sort of, it's like this very tender thing, just like he had done for Bob. So sort of like he tenderly undresses her like she's a child. So again, it's like these moments of, yes, you know, like moments of connection. That night, the phone rings, and he gets up, and Heinrich says, Anna's with me, and she'll stay with me. And so Mark runs back to the bed, 
And Anna's left a note saying, my love, I had to go talk with Margie, um, so I will never hurt you again, my love. So Heidrich is calling and saying, she's over at my place. Change of tune. Yes. So she calls Margie to get Heinrich's number, and he calls only to find out that Heinrich lives with his mother. And even Heinrich's mother's like, oh, yeah, I know Anna. Like, I love her. She's so great. I haven't seen her for a couple weeks, but, like, oh, my God, she's always over here. I miss her. What's she up to? Was he like, I'm her husband? Yes. And the mother's like, oh, okay. Well, you know, things are complicated. You know, the mother is completely fine with, like, her son's, what is, I think, sort of coded as, like, the bohemian lifestyle. And that's another Mm -hmm. part of it, too, is, like, Heinrich is like, the world is love, and, like, uh, there are no boundaries except for the ones we make. And then Mark is at, like, I, my wife is leaving, so my body is breaking down. Yes. Yes, yeah. And I think, reading a little bit about it, it is also, like, the ideas of, like, the time period, like, Western East Berlin, like, playing with these different ideas through this, the analogy of divorce. Um, But uh, Bob suddenly appears at the door and tells his dad that he had to go wee-wee. And so he helps her to the bathroom. And then uh, Mark tries to step up. Like, he takes Bob to school and gets him dressed and everything. He's like, from now on, I'll be taking you to school. This is the first time he's taken his son to school. They are greeted by Bob's teacher, Helen, who looks exactly like Anna, but with, like, redder hair and green eyes. Mm -hmm. Allison, if you were in that situation, what would you do? What would you do? Who am I? You are Mark. I mean, I guess I'd have sex with that woman. You'd have sex with that woman. (laughs) Yeah. All right. I like that that's your first response. You wouldn't be startled at all, or you'd just say, hey, when in Rome, when in West Berlin. I guess it would be kind of jarring to see. I think I'd want some answers. this, This woman is, like, because your wife is ruining your life, um, and then to see... Basically, her twin. <laughs> her doppelganger. We've been doing a lot, doppel- of doppelgangers. a lot of doppelgangers. God, I love doppelgangers. Me too. So uh, he immediately freaks out, which is what I would do. And it's basically like, um, oh, is there... Uh, there uh, he assumes that, that it must be his wife. And he's like, what are you doing? Why are you wearing a wig? Why are you pretending? And Helen says, no, no, it's just me. I don't, I've, and he says, have you ever seen my wife? And she says, I see your wife every day. Like, I, I know yeah, that we right. look alike. Like, that's not a shock. That's shocking right. to you, but not to me. And he said, oh, you know what? Yeah, I see what you're talking about. So because Mark is a man of action, he immediately goes over to Heinrich's place and demands to see Anna. And Heinrich is just like, he has like a black silk shirt unbuttoned to the waist and he's so intimate with Mark, and he's like, "We're in the sa- we're on the same mountain lake, and we're swimming from opposite shores, but we're we're uh, we're riding the same wave. Sort of like we're almost lovers ourselves because we are okay. sharing a lover, sharing this woman. Yeah, and Mark's not having this, so Mark is just marching through no. the apartment looking for his wife. Also, like considering also like all of his other feelings on like like that this is ruining him so much. Like, yes. to hear that, I'd be like, fuck." Off. Yeah. And and Heinrich wants to be wants it to be like, hey, we're hey, we're all adults here. It's all fine, you know? And if she wants to be with me, then that's like, hey, she's a free lady. And Mark, well, he is that is actually true. Um, Mark is like, I why would you call me? Like you called me last night. And Heinrich says, I didn't call you. I just got back from Hamburg. Like I actually left the day you came back so she could have some room to just decide. 
But okay. then higher sex, yeah, but I we have been having sex with over a year. And I've he says, I've accepted Anna's way. So sort of like Anna came to me and I have to accept, if she leaves you, that's her decision. You know, she leaves me, that's her decision. Mm-hmm. And she says to Mark, I said, Mark, and Mark's going through it. He says, during your last visit home, were you satisfied with your wife sexually? Because during that time, we achieved a state of perfect harmony. Shut up. And if it wasn't bad enough, just then Heinrich's mother arrives home. And Mark is oh, like, God. wait a minute, you've been fucking my wife in your house with your mom? Like, she's here all the time? And they end up fist fighting, like brawling in Heinrich's foyer. But um, unfortunately, Heinrich's not just good at fucking Allison. He's oh, good boy. at fighting. Of course. And he just beats Mark's ass, which again, if you were a spy, Mark, I gotta think that you know some sort of like secret. Yeah, like some I don't even know. Self-defense. Like, yeah. Unfortunately, his nose is bleeding and Heinrich just carries him out the front door, basically. Back at the apartment, Bob is finishing lunch and he asks to go play outside in the courtyard. And as soon as Mark gets home, he and Anna are fucking screaming at each other. He's like, I knew you weren't with Margie and I knew you weren't with Heinrich, so where the fuck did you go last night? She said, I wanted to be alone or I wanted to be with new friends. And he's like, why did you bother to come back? And she said, for Bob, he's my child too. Like, what are you talking about? And he says, oh, like you care about Bob at all. If you cared about Bob, you would care about us. And it's like, no. I mean, like, yes, but like, not really. But you know not I mean? really, like, not in that way. Yeah, you could be, love your child and be like, our marriage is over. And she's like, oh, you're always right. You're always right. And again, it's they cannot interact without it immediately escalating. And yeah. poor Bob, he's outside, but like, I'm sure, you know what I mean? Like, he's witness to it as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, and she Bob. she runs in the living room. He's like, you know, love isn't like you just switch channel to channel. You wrote me letters when I was gone, and the whole time you were fucking your ass off. You want me to believe her? Oh yes, a monster before I fuck her on with everybody. Whenever you turn her on, I fuck her on with everybody on every corner. And this is sort of like this is her like I am a monster. Like the the things I okay. the desires I have, the things I've done are so horrific, which, uh, believe me, girl, I've been there, where it's like, I can only conceive of myself as a monster and, like, think Mm -hmm. of myself as monstrous. And she grabs her coat, and he says, don't make me force you to stay. And she says, I will open a window, and I will fucking jump. And he says, you really need him that much? And she screams, yes. And he says, fuck your needs. And she slaps him across the face. Allison, Mark just... Absolutely beats his wife up. Like, he, like, punches her in the face. She's bleeding out of her mouth. He's calling her a bitch. Finally, she gets to the door, and she's able to get out to the street. And then he's like, I'm sorry. Like, what will become of us? You know, I'm sorry I did that. And she runs into the road, and there's a moment where you can see her decide, am I going to step in front of a truck? Like, that's how fucked up she is right now. Luckily, the truck veers. A crushed car kind of flies off the back of the street, but they're fine. And in that moment, that's the moment where we get sort of to go to the, to return to the concept of possession from the title, Mm. gets Mm -hmm. this very classic, like possessed movie look, like her eyes are shooting open and she sort of stalks off with her mouth gushing blood and Mark lets, lets her go. Okay. Mark, you know, now he's sort of a single dad at this point. He's single dad living off that spy money and taking care of Bob. And and these spies are paid well. Oh, yeah, you got it. Why else? I wouldn't do it. I think they've got it, yeah. Right? I certainly wouldn't be doing it if if I wasn't paid well. But I feel like it's the kind of job that people, like, if that's what you want to do, like, if that's your taste and, like, stuff to do, like, 
it's so exciting that, like, I bet people would settle for less. But I guess it's really dangerous. I think if you're a sociopath or whatever you need to be to be that, Mm -hmm. you also are someone who is like, I will take the money. Like, I want more money. Like, I feel like those things go hand in hand. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, But uh, Mark is playing soccer with Bob and the boys from their complex. And Margie and his friend saunders up, and she has a white cast and an all-purple outfit. And she introduces her. She's like, ooh, is Aunt Margie, angel of the extinct heart, limping to the rescue. And nothing can stop me. I don't know, but angel of the extinct heart. Incredible. Incredible phrasing, but I took that to mean as, like, oh, perpetually single or, like— Angel, like, mm. oh, maybe I'm an angel to your heart that is, it is extinguished. Maybe, like, she's an angel to, like, because she's the best friend of. And she's about to be a best friend mm. with benefits. She is, she comes up to Mark and she is laying it on fucking, like, she's practically purring, you know? And she's like, <laughs> I'm just here so you don't make a fool of yourself. I love seeing you miserable. It's so reassuring. And then Mark is like, again, there's so many moments of, like, excellent acting because Mark in that moment realizes, like, well, She's trying to fuck. Ada says, shit. And like her, <laughs> how obvious she's being. And so we know that they're going to start fucking. Yeah. So it's like, okay, well, you're then fucking With the cast here. on? The heart wants what it wants. Boy, I wouldn't want to do that. Listen, have you ever had a cast? No, surprisingly. I had a cast in high school. I wasn't fucking anybody, but it yeah. would have made it, hand jobs, I imagine, would have been more difficult. Mm-hmm, yes. At this point, Mark has no longer knows where Anna is staying. Anna is not at Heinrich's. He, she's not staying with Marge. So it's like, who are we? Where's she at? He hires a private detective to track her down because she has stopped coming to see their son. Oy. That night, we see him put Bob to bed, and Margie's already passed out in his, his bed. And he sits down next to her. And again, you think it's going to be this like fuck fest. But she just, like, wraps her arms around his waist and puts her head in his lap. And it's kind of, it's, like, tender. It's not ravenous. Yeah. So, again, it's, like, all these, like, wonderful moments of, like, subverting the expectations that I really love. Anna arrives to visit the next day. She is still wearing the same dress, like, stained with blood and unbuttoned in the back. She's going to be wearing this dress the whole fucking movie. And nobody, yeah. Those buttons looked annoying. Once they're off, yeah, how would you get that back on? How would you undo that? You couldn't yourself. Yeah. And uh, I think we think her life is taking a turn where going to the laundromat is, is not really part of her day-to-day. And he says sure. to her, so how long is this going to fucking last? Like, what, what, what are we doing? And they're immediately at each other's throats while Anna makes lunch for Bob. And okay. she's making potentially ground beef from scratch. So he, she has beef that she's putting through a grinder and cutting with Meat an electric might. Yeah, she's not only a grinder with an electric carving knife, right? As they argue, as this heated argument goes Jesus. on. And he says, when you're away from me, I, I see you as an animal or a woman possessed, but then I see you in real life and all this disappeared. And he's like, do you love him? Do you want to have a family with him? Like, would Bob be a part of it? And she's like, no. And he said, then there must be something else. Like, why won't you tell me? Like, what's going on? If it's not like that, then what's happening? Allison, in a rage, or not in a rage, in a, in a state, she grabs the electric knife and drags it across her throat. And, and he grabs her and, and pulls her into the bathroom to bandage Does she it up. cut she cuts, she cuts herself. Cuts herself, but not badly, not okay. terribly. So basically just like a, a semi, surface. yeah, like a surface cut along her neck. So he's able to take her to the bathroom and again, tenderly wrap it up. And he's like, you have to remember there's Bob. We have to, both of us remember during this, there's Bob, you know? And I'm like, yeah, Bob's going to need therapy 
best of time, his mother fucking slits her throat with a fucking carving Jesus. knife. Yeah, like give that kid some. Let's get way him to into a doctor's office. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to be fair, it was 1981, but you know who knows. But he tells, like, uh, Mark tells Anna, "You're my whole family." And from the look on her face, it's like that's too much. Like I, yeah. I can't like be all of that, be that for you. Yeah. And she goes, "That's fair." Yeah. It's and and a lot of these are like it's yeah, obviously like we're playing this bigger and like it, we're the, using big gestures, but like everything they're arguing about is like yeah, that's real shit. Like yeah, how do you how do you navigate those things? He now Mark goes to the kitchen and he slices his arm with the electric carving knife, and I took it to mean like is a gesture of like we're both like we're both in yeah, pain we're together. Yeah. Meanwhile, Anna yes. just walks by the hallway and is like I I can't I can't do this if you're like I can't even get involved. Anna leaves again and then finally Mark's private dick, his private investigator is on her tail. So he's going to find out where she is at. Okay. And he he traces her at a certain point. She's got groceries. At a certain point, Anna just gets out of the train and breaks into a run. So then the PI has to run too. And he's horrible at hiding that he's just running. So it's these moments of like really funny, like we're playing with spying, but like he's just running full speed down the street in dress shoes with no one else there. She can obviously hear you. And, And so it's like this clumsy spying, this whole movie. He goes up. To the to her floor, and then he goes up to the floor above, and then makes the sound like of him still walking again. I was like, "This motherfucker's gonna die." This guy is a yeah. horrible private investigator. Yeah, what? Like, does Mark have terrible coworkers? I mean, I guess so. And I guess I think that's like the West Berlin of it all. It's like if I knew anything about this time period, I bet that would be that's what we're gesturing at, like mm, some yes. kind of like, you know, I maybe I don't know if it's specifically at Americans, but gesturing at that. But so he goes the PI goes to knock on the door to try to, to get into Anna's apartment and the door's open. It's she's renting a gorgeous rundown dump of a giant apartment with no furniture, basically no furniture. Okay. Okay. And so just like a big gross space. Yes, big gross space. I mean something like now in New York, I mean millions. Twelve I mean like if you're renting like twelve thousand I don't even know like what rent would be for something like that. Yes, but yeah, to buy sure. it millions. Yeah. And so basically to get to get into the apartment and like talk to her, he says, oh, he's from the building and actually one of the windows fell out from one of the other floors. So we just have to inspect all the windows. So then he's going through all the, she's she's trying to get him to leave and he's looking at every window. And finally he says, I have to check the bathroom. And she laughs and says, there's no windows in the bathroom. And he says, well, I have to look anyways. And she starts to like laugh and be like more and more unhinged and offers him wine which baffles the PI. And it's so funny. It's like my idea of a PI is like hard boiled drinking bourbon. Yeah. And this one's like, I can't drink in the middle of the day. I'm on my job. What are you talking about? I mean, I guess it would make you really bad at your job. Also, you don't know this woman. So I get like not drinking your drink from her, but she pours a glass of wine and he begs it off. So then as soon as he goes towards the bathroom, she like drops the bottle and says, broken. And it starts to act extremely out of it. Allison, he opens the bathroom door and sees in the darkness what I would describe as a thick, weird, wet tentacle. Almost like, what? like an op- octopus made of mold growing, growing on the bathroom wall. Absolutely not. I know. And he stops Wait, stunned. Is that like, 
Is it like, oh, I could see how this probably exists somewhere on the no. planet? Or is it like, oh, this is of something else? This is of something else. It is alive. It is a creature that is heretofore <sighs> unseen, Allison. And he stops, stunned, and Anna hits him in the back of the head with the broken wine bottle. So he whips around, and then she just jams the bottle into his throat. And the Brutal. PI bleeds out in the bathroom. Back at the apartment... Bob gives, uh, Mark gives Bob a bath and the buzzer rings. It's Helen, Bob's teacher, and he lets her in to finish up bath time. Then the buzzer rings again and it's Heinrich. And Heinrich's now saying, where, do you know where Anna is? Because Anna's not talking to me either. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, let's cut the chase. And, and Heinrich has like, again, a fully open black, like silk shirt under a white jacket. Like he is just like, Oh, the pleasures of the flat. Mm, like, he's just, yeah. like, pitching, like, uh, and not the hedonism necessarily, but, like, if you have the something, f- indulgence versus um, yes. regulation, I guess. And he's he's literally, like, he's, like, doing ballet. Like, his hands are over his head. Like, he's just, like, feeling it's, like, all three of, he says, all three of us are a family, and Bob, too, in some sense. No, okay, if you're going to say something as gross as, like, yeah. All three of us are a family, implying like you know we're fucking the same lady, or we have. Yeah. Um. Let's leave the let's leave Bob out of it. Allison Heinrich tells Mark that he, he actually Heinrich has a wife and daughter in Cincinnati, and he says, "What? I'll always Cincinnati? think of them. I'll always think of them as my first family." Well, I mean, they literally are. So I don't know what they're yes, about saying. I don't like, know it's how nice else thing. you would think of them. Yeah, and so Mark says, "Okay, great. That's not my fucking problem. Why are you here? Don't and care." Heinrich yeah. says, "Ugh." It's stiffed block men like you that led us to the concentration camps. It's like, I'm sorry, you, I, I, I don't me? want you to fuck my wife, so I'm responsible for the Holocaust. Again, the West Berlin of it all. Sure. And Mark says, I'll tell you this. I can tell you Anna's address, where she's at because of this PI, but I don't know what the other guy's name is. So, and Heinrich is shocked to think that there's another guy. And Mark's like, what? Join the fucking club, dude. Like, why would you be yeah. shocked, you know? And they sort of have this conversation like, oh, if it's a matter of sexual pleasure, Heinrich, like, I'm sure you're better at sex than me, but what if there are other things? And the other things are what we have, you know what I mean? And that, which is Bob. And so Heinrich tries to run to the apartment to look for Anna, but Mark blocks him. And he says, you know, Heinrich, I think when I found out about you, I was really afraid of you, but I'm not anymore. And Heinrich, who's like, his, like, sex is almost his spirituality. Like he's oh God, he connects what a brutal it's like, personality that oh, is. I mean, this guy, me, I, I would love to be this guy at a party, but like just once, you know what I mean? Yeah. But and, and to have like a real out that you have for the conversation, like, oh, and oh, my ride's here. I um I'm gonna go jump off the roof. I gotta I get out of here. Yeah. I gotta go. That it starts at nine. <laughs> but um, yeah, so but he's like, Yeah, sex is how we act, how we talk to God, you know. And Heinrich says the only thing there is to fear is God and and whatever that means to you. And Mark says, God is a disease. And Heinrich, he goes to the elevator, sort of defeated, and says, that's why, through the disease, we can reach God. And I was like, I don't know what that means, but I do want to have a series of prepared statements to say whenever an elevator door closes. Like that, To say something like that, I'd be like, I, I mean, I, that's what I want. That's what I boop, want. Boop, boop. Yeah. Back in the apartment, Helen, because, again, like, is a doppelganger of Anna. She is also serving as, like, the perfect maternal replacement. Like, Anna abandoned her kid. Yeah. Helen's reading him a book. You know, like, Anna abandoned her husband. Helen basically goes into the kitchen and starts cleaning up the meat. There's still meat from the grinder, you know? And uh, Mark joins her and, you know, 
she tells him, not only is she cleaning his fucking kitchen, but she says, hey, the reason I stopped by is that Bob is crying during, in his sleep during nap time. Obviously because you guys are splitting up, you know? Yeah. And And also, like, the vibes are bad. (laughs) Vibes are very bad in this house. And also, the like, Mark didn't know. And Mark's like, damn, that's crazy. I don't think he does that here. Anyways, he tells Helen, I'm at war against women. They have no foresight. There's nothing about them that is stable. There's nothing to trust. Yeah, they're dangerous. And much like all incels, it really just took one woman uh, being cruel to them, but also clearly going through a breakdown. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, um, and Helen replies, there's nothing common among women except menstruation. And baby, that's not even true. Okay. Nope. But it's just saying like to, to generalize, like we don't have anything in common. Right. Yeah. She says to him, and he does not ask a question in response to this, which I think again is what we're supposed to think of. Like the absurdity of Mark is that like, there are all these things that he should be interested in and investigating, but he's so caught up in his own, like understanding of things. And she says, I'm from a place where evil is made flesh. So evil becomes people. So I know the danger of being deformed by it. It's not that I don't admire your world, but I find it pathetic, these stories of women contaminating the universe. Instead Mm. of Mark saying, oh, are you some sort of alien or or spirit woman? Or like, Mark says, but I'm the one who's contaminated. And I think that's what we're supposed to think is like over and over again, like he has shown things and instead of asking any other questions. Any other questions. He's aggrieved. So in that way, I guess he is an incel. Like if incels really want to know what's going on, uh, you have to engage with the concept of patriarchy. Sorry. Like it's, it's unavoidable. But instead of being like, I, we, we, we could all work together to, uh, to fix the system, it's like, but I want to fuck and I'm mad about it. Yeah. Um, and so she goes, Helen goes up with her coat and, you know, basically she says, you've never felt free. So when someone else becomes free, it can seem evil to you. And he's mm. sort of like, oh, is she trying to fuck me? So he reaches over to Man. Helen and Helen says, well... Well, we'll just have to listen if Bob starts crying because I don't want to. You know, I'm his teacher. Like, it's like, he, yeah, you know what I mean? Oh, God. That would be like so fucked up as a kid. Like, oh. you're already like, it's already yeah. like a weird, like, just seeing your teacher in your home would be weird. And then to catch him, catch her fucking your dad. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, also, she looks exactly like your mother. So they yeah. get into bed together and they're nude, but, um, you know, Helen says, you don't have to make love to me. And he says, I'm not trying. So they kind of have like a nice moment of like, we're just going to spend the night together as adults. Of course, in the okay. middle of the night, Bob wakes up screaming for his mother. He's really upset. And Mark Aww. goes to him. And when Mark goes back to the bedroom, Helen is getting dressed. And and she basically says, I know this is going to make you think you were right about women all along. But I'm, I'm going to push back on that. Like, like Bob being so distraught. So um, meanwhile... Uh, Mark is dropping off Bob at school that day. Another private detective, this one's name is Zimmerman, shows up to Bob's school and catches Mark and was like, the PI you're working for has not been heard of and has not reported into the office since going to find your wife. Mm. And Mark, because now he's kind of got this other lady he's talking to, he's like, oh, yeah, my wife. Right, my wife. Yeah, I guess what, I, what she's up to. Yeah. Oh, that's okay. I knew he was going over there. And Zimmerman says, I'm sorry, forgive me, but my, wait, what he told me was that you were really trying to find your wife. And he, he says, and now he's doing, Marcus started doing what Heinrich does. Like, he takes Zimmerman's hands in his and, like, presses into his chest, like, in an intimate way and says, I guess I did, but I was just blind. It was just blind ambition. And Zimmerman says, okay, then, if you're going to be candid with me, I'm going to be candid with you. Um, I'm personally invested in finding this PI because we live together. So we are, you know, 
unfortunately, this seems like that uh, arrangement has come to an end. Yes. And then I was imagining, like, it would just be like a polyamorous polycule, just keep getting murdered by the same Bigger. person, like, or Yo, same, sure. like, monster. Like, yeah. um, um, oh, God, what was the name of that? The one where it was Thanksgiving camp? Madman? Madman. I just imagine, like, your oh, polycule is in a hot tub, and one by one, they each go to investigate yes. the noise. Yes. Um, but Zimmerman's like, I am gay. He was my partner. He has not come home. I, you looking for your wife? I'm looking for my man, right? And Oh, boy. That's sad. So it turns out Zimmerman doesn't have the address, so Mark gives Zimmerman Anna's apartment address. Unfortunately, he then goes there. Oh, yeah, and it's like, there's a tentacle there. Yeah, there's shit's even worse than before. He finds her mopping the floors, a.k.a. mopping the blood of his dead lover off the fucking ground. Yeah. And uh, she's then, like, again, like, erratic and immediately on him, and she grabs his hands, and he's like, you're frightening me. And she tells him, am I not frightened? And he looks at her and he's like, oh. And he immediately can see her and see, like, I see the darkness and I see how it promises you comfort after the pain is over. And Anna smiles. And I do think there's something where it's like a queer man talked to Anna for five seconds and then is like, oh, I see that something really fucked up is going on yes. in a way that her husband can't see her. You know, and that's and, one of their and fundamental Heinrich problems. too is like... Right, a yeah, like checked out, and now she between them, she is like sort of like, oh, the woman, like the woman who got away, or like oh, this this beautiful this goddess that we're both like mm-hmm. it want to control and in love with. Meanwhile, yes. she's living in a fucking dump with a tentacle creature, and unfortunately, the tentacle creature just really yeah. a left turn for me. And he, you know, asks her, he's like, I'm looking for my partner, and she says he's in the bedroom, and unfortunately, Zimmerman goes in there and finds. The creature is even bigger, and it sort of is the size and general idea of a man, no head, but with longer tentacles, and there is blood sprayed all over the floor, presumably the P.I.'s blood, like this thing must have eaten it or Uh subsumed him or something. Is he not there? He's he's gone. The other, the detective, the one whose throat got slit, the evidence of him is gone except for all the blood everywhere. Okay. And she had to put down like plastic sheets and tarps, and it's still everywhere. So as you can imagine, Zimmerman, pretty shocked to see this. I mean, it's a pretty shocking scene. And then to hear, it's like even more shocking, Anna comes in and says, oh, you know, he's very tired. He made love to me all night. Talking about the tentacle monster, Allison. What? Zimmerman turns and we see, um, Sorry, we do see the P.I.'s body. Sorry, I forgot about that. So Zimmerman turns, and we do see the P.I.'s dead body. But Anna says he's not finished yet, meaning the monster's not finished eating Eating him him. or or absorbing his body for something. To build himself. So he's he's still there. And Zimmerman screams his partner's name, Emmanuel, and then turns and shoots Anna. It does not stop her. She lunges at him and smashes, holding a container of milk, smashes milk over his head, and shrieking, she gets a hold of his gun and shoots Zimmerman three times. So now she's killed two detectives, right? Whoa. Back in the apartment, Mark gets home, and Heinrich has left him a roll of film. And I think this is supposed to be a fuck you, I'm not sure, but it is film that he recorded of Anna during their year-long relationship. And we find out that Anna did used to have a day job, but then ended up not, like, she quit, like, probably a year ago. So the first image is of Anna teaching ballet. 
And mm-hmm. we see her and she's treating, and again, I think in the same way, like she's a dancer. So this is what, how she was taught. She takes this young female dancer and is like struggling and sweating and basically like forces her leg up. The girl is like crying and screaming in pain. And mm-hmm. then when Anna lets her go, the girl runs out and she tells the class, like now she knows what it takes. Like nobody told me what it takes to basically survive and to yeah. be the best. And she looks at, ca- at the camera to Heinrich and she's like, you know that that's like why I was with or why I'm with you because you said I for me. Like I didn't have myself. So when you said I, that was also for me. Like I, I, I needed that. And we'll sort of get into why in a minute, but sort of like the idea that I, in this case, a woman cannot be on my own or cannot stand alone, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why she probably, that's why she married Mark and that's why she, is having this affair. You know what I mean? I mean, it is desire, but then it is also like, and believe me, as someone who came out at 38, understandably, like, you get a lot, of the, it's not just about the sex, right? Sure, sure, sure. And then we see her, and she's, like, panicking and having, like, like pouring this out, and it's sort of like, a, a, like her internal monologue, and it's sort of contrasted to how we see her operate in the domestic sphere of her home with Mark, which is, like, they're not having these kinds of conversations. And we see Anna, she's, like, She's talking about there's basically two sisters that control your life, chance and faith. So it's like either okay. things happen by chance or you, ha- you have to have faith that things are going to go your way. Chance the Rapper and Faith Hill. Exactly. And that is, those are the two sisters that I look to are, in my yes. life. <laughs> and she says, I read that private life is a stage, only I'm playing many parts that are smaller than I am, but I play them anyways. And I suffer and I believe, and those I think of as chance and fate are the two options, but there's this third possibility. And she said, third possibility is like cancer or madness. Cancer or madness contort reality. The possibility I'm talking about pierces reality. Maybe it's impossible to say, maybe I'm too stupid. Okay. Like, but she was saying, like, I conceived in my life, there's only two options. And then having this affair and questioning myself as a wife, as a mother, as a woman, it is, like, so disruptive. It's disruptive to reality, based, like, her mm-hmm. sense of herself and reality. And she says in the video, like, you look at me like I'm empty and you need to fill me up. But, like, me cheating on my husband and betraying him, it does give me something, but that's still not enough, Right. I, mm-hmm. And she says, I cannot stand to be alone because I'm the maker of my own evil. And she starts to say, like, because, I, because I'm, and I think we're supposed to think, like, she, the, there are parts of herself that are so loathsome to her that they feel mm-hmm. monstrous. So she is mm-hmm. constantly, again, I've been there, girl. You're con- she's constantly scrabbling around to have a man fill that space. Because yes. as a woman, you're told that's, that's how to do it, right? That, that is, yeah, what you're supposed to do is constantly search for that missing... Right, yeah, that is, the, that a man is piece. the missing piece. A man is the missing piece, and you have to find one, or else you are not whole. <laughs> yeah, and then, so, just then, um, Anna storms in the apartment, and um, Mark is like, what are you doing? She's tearing the place apart. She's picking up laundry and cramming it in the fridge. She's, like, taking stuff and putting it, like, she's lost her mind. And again, I think we're seeing, like, total domestic breakdown, right? So even her understanding of, like, where things go is breaking mm-hmm. down. Mm-hmm. But Mark is trying to intellectualize this. He's like, you keep coming back. You must not be a Bro, str- there's a tentacle involved. You're, like, you're not going to figure this one out. Exactly. And, but he says, like, you keep coming back. You must not be as strong as you thought. So it's like, oh, that's the problem, is that you are not as strong. You're not strong enough to leave. But then he starts to be like, you must really be torn apart, you know? Like, when you're gone, you must want to be home. And when you're home, you want to be gone. 
And Anna's like, she's wringing her hands together. And it's like, what he's saying is making sense to her. And she sits down and he says, let's talk. And then she just starts screaming. And she's like, I'm a liar. I am a cheat. I mess up everything. I messed up Bob. I'm completely alone. And like, I'm, I'm this horrible person. And she screams, I feel for no one. And I think it's sort of like fear of fear of oneself, of like the internal things that play emotionally. And then like our inability in this case as a woman, like you to be like, okay, I got the husband and I got the son and I am so miserable that I, I'm going to run and have an affair. And even that's not really going to give me it because it is about desire, but the desire to yeah. feel something, right? right? So I think that's what she's trying to express is like, I, and that to her feels monstrous. To to it's almost like a, the betrayal of the family or of herself or and of Mark too. So mm-hmm. then, of course, we cut to Jesus on the cross. In case you didn't get it, it's like, oh yeah, we're all these uh, ideas about being. And again, as a Catholic, that's my own stuff too. Is like a, a constantly being held up against is like um, this very violent self ab- abnegation, mm-hmm. like as like a concept and she's at, we see her as sort of a flashback at church and she's looking up at Jesus in the cross, sort of whining like a child. Like she's plainly like, like wanting something, but not being able to get it. And we see her get off the subway. And then in a very in an amazing scene, she just goes fucking nuts and just starts screaming and howling. And she just, it's like a, um, like a reusable tote. And she's just slamming her groceries against the subway wall. And there's like milk and eggs just exploding everywhere. God. She's possessed. Like she yes. is like, like, yes. and it is like, um, in the, in, the, in the, you know, the history of Catholicism, like the idea of possession, it's like, we now look back and it's like probably a lot of those people were mentally ill. I think a lot of those people probably were just a woman or like someone else who right. could not fit in the story of like right. what your life was supposed to be. Yes. Someone probably socially driven to madness and yes. would have like, you know, the our culture did that to them. Yeah, like someone who like could not live the way that you're forced to live yes. and then was institutionalized or pathologized or whatever. Yeah. So she is a woman possessed by, but being possessed by like her own dissatisfaction. It's like versus being able to be like, we're all dissatisfied. What what does yeah. that mean? You know, or like, what can we work on it together? Obviously I'm an optimist, but I, I said like, if you're loosed from like the hegemony, if you like are loosed from the system, you do look insane. So yes. like her going through this, um, it's like almost like the it's like the physical effects of having your heart broken, and then this is like the physical effects of being severed from your understanding of yourself. Yes, and in, in this case, the understanding being Catholic, and also I'm sure this is about West Berlin. I do not know enough about it, but it I makes mean, sense. I think that's like a body divorced, a body pulled apart. You yeah. Know? Yes. Yeah. Again. I wouldn't say history is on the list of things we know a lot about. Nope. And it's not, we're not putting it on there now, but I and definitely do know not like about modern European history. Yeah. But I do know about one thing, Allison, and it's when blood and yellow pus start just cascading out of your mouth, ears, and vagina, which is what happens to Anna. So she's on the floor of the Ooh. subway hallway. There's no one else around. So it's like, at I least no one else. Listen, it, right, it's like if I'm going to be us. in that way, at yeah. least let's make sure that no one sees it. <laughs> I would have loved like a cut to like somebody just like 
eating a breakfast sandwich while because that's like New York. If that happened in New yeah. York, you're like, I'm not missing my train. Yeah, anything that happens that to you happens in public in New York. And she's screaming and like this, the pus is like dumping out of her mouth. Like her, it's like dumping out of her body. Ah. And, we, and we cut back to, and again, like in a miscarriage, she's miscarrying. It's like all this pus and blood coming from between her legs. And we cut to her telling Mark, what I miscarried that day was Sister Faith. And all that I have left was Sister Chance. So I had to take care of my faith to protect it. I don't exactly know what we're talking about, but I, I, I don't know anything about what we're talking about. I think it's sort of like, the idea of things being up to chance is so horrifying and so destabilizing that, like, to lose faith— You latch Like, it's on. almost like the thing yeah. that you need has died, but you need it even more now, now that you don't have it. Again, it seems very Catholic. And unfortunately, much like yeah. when you tell people— Like, it's like, this is a moment where it's like yeah, she's revealing herself. Yeah, I'm not herself. connecting to this. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I know sure to you. Please, if you don't connect to this, thank God. I think that you're much better off, but— and so, so now she's like revealed herself in full. Like this is the true reality. Like I am a disgusting person. Like I like pus dumped out of my vagina. And Mark says, for the Ugh. first time, you look vulgar to me. And then he tells this story. Basically, is like, have you ever seen a dying dog? And he talks about how he had a childhood dog, and before that, he crawled under the porch to be with the dying dog. And before they died, they yelp. And he tells Anna, I want you to take off the rings and the wristwatch I gave you. So again, I think, and maybe, like, I'm a woman, so that's, like, what's bringing up for me is sort of, like, you revealed this thing where it's, like, as a woman, you're not supposed to reveal, which is, like, life is very hard and complicated and we're all supposed to shut up about it. And you're going to your husband being, like, something horrible happened to me and part of me died and everything that's, like, part of it, like, this is all part of that. And and his response is, you look vulgar to me. You know, it's, like, I've shown Mm -hmm. you and you reacted with disgust. Yes. But again, because he's like, he he has his own stuff that he's bringing to this. And he says, if I threw myself at your feet and yelped, would you still step over me? And she's already got her coat on, you know? Yeah. And she's like, I'm out of here. Bye. So yeah, he tries to like lay down on the ground and she steps over him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, back at school, Mark picks up Bob from Helen, who of course is like the acceptable version of Anna. And um, she hands him a paper and tells him, it's my, my, it's my name. And I, again, I was like, I don't know what that means. Maybe I misunderstood it. But- um, now that Anna's kind of back out of the picture, Mark calls Heinrich and gets Heinrich's mother. And he says, can you tell Heinrich that I love everyone in the world and actually I agree with him and actually this is all good and we are all connected? Um, I just want to let him know that's what I'm, I'm thinking too. And obviously he's not, but just calling right. his mother to chat. We see, finally we see Heinrich riding his motorcycle with a bouquet of flowers. Finally he goes to Anna's apartment, right? Okay, well, somebody's got to check in on the tentacles. And, and Heinrich's basically like, I gave you time, but it's been time enough, so you don't resist me. And he says to her, as he's, like, sort of pinning her up against the wall in a way that, like, feels erotic, but then, like, the turn is, he's like, you know I'm stronger than you, mm. right? So it's sort of like, but, he, but again, it's like he's internalized, like, sex is only good, so, like, even if I force you to have sex, like, he tells her, love opens yeah. to absolutely unknown horizons. I showed you the door to God. And he sort of grabs her, grabs her pussy, and he, and he says, and that door is always open. Meanwhile, he can't see that Anna is, like, glassy-eyed, possessed, and, like, looking into the other room, like, clearly communicating with this tentacle monster. Heinrich hears this dripping sound. Oh, you hate it. He goes into the bedroom, Allison, and the creature, with every kill, with every body, is becoming more like a man. And it oh. lifts its head, and I love it. Has it has a head now. Yes, it has, like, a head, 
And what I would describe as a head is that it looks like, are you familiar with Dory from Finding, Finding Nemo? Yes. She's kind of a blue, a narrow blue fish. Yes. So it's sort of a very narrow, like a sort of a Caucasian Dory is how I would describe it. So a mm. big um, face, a narrow face mm-hmm. covered in blood. The whole thing is covered in blood. He's still, it still has tentacles, but its eyes are on the side and its mouth is just a little like, um, like beak. Eyes on the side. Eyes on the side. And uh, his mouth is like Beaker from um, the Muppets. Oh. Like just sort of this like. Yeah. Yeah. As you can imagine, Heinrich fucking freaks out. I mean, imagine. I mean, I imagine me like, is there another man? And it's like, not really, not but yet. kind of. <laughs> it's on his, he's cooking. <laughs> Let him cook. Um, and Heinrich, he literally, he grabs his eyes like he's been struck blind, which again feels very biblical. And he stumbles to the kitchen. As, and as he does, Anna sort of calmly walks in with the flowers he brought and says, these are kind of old. They're already starting to smell. And she turns to him and she opens the fridge and he gasps in horror. And it turns out she has the PI's severed heads. So it looks like she's like sort of had to break down the bodies to feed to the monster or something. Yeah. And she gives him this speech where basically she's like, none of us are any different than any other. Don't you understand? Like none of us are special. And then she stabs him in the chest. And he runs out of the building. He's damaged but alive. Okay. Heinrich calls and tells Mark what happened. Mark couldn't be happier. How could you? What did he say? He said, um, there's some sort of monster there. I saw that okay. she had a dead body in the fridge. Your wife is insane. Now Amelia's like, "That's this is your business. She's not my wife. Yeah, you know? it's like, oh, she's not my girlfriend. She's your wife. Yeah, but she's also like, I don't know who else to call about this. I don't, I don't have a lot of friends. I don't know. Yeah, clearly. But Mark says, well, go to the bar at the end of the block and bleed for a while and I'll be there. So he has, Margie comes in and, she, and he has her watch Bob and so Mark runs over to Anna's apartment. He opens the fridge and he, Anna's nowhere to be seen, but he opens the fridge and he has the same, like he loses his mind. Like he physically has like the severing of his idea of his wife yes. is gone. Yes. His reaction to it, Allison, is, well, then I'm going to cover up this crime. And so my wife doesn't go to jail. So he's laughing and smiling. He, he has a gun. A wild choice. Which he loads, and he turns on the gas, and we realize he's going to blow this apartment up. Mm. Turns on the gas, and he goes down to the corner bar to meet Heinrich. And Heinrich's like, I, I should have known she's a monster. She's a murderer. She's a monster. And Mark's like, why did you call me and not the police? Like, why, what, what was your thought pattern? You know what I mean? Great question. And and he's like, oh, maybe it, he's already seen, he didn't see the creature, I don't think, but he saw the dead bodies. And he's like, I mean, how do I even trust that you saw it? And Heinrich's like, no, what I saw wasn't human. It was, and Mark says, divine. Maybe you saw God in there since you believe in God. Who's to say that that was something evil? If God is eyes on the side. Eyes on the side. <laughs> Caucasian I mean, Dory. I, hey, anything's possible, It'll be I a guess. surprise to a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, because once you get up there, you're like, okay. You're like a tentacle guy. There's a lot of more blood than I thought there'd be. Okay. Yeah. So you're wetter than I expected. So wet. Um, and Heinrich says basically, like, we need to do something. If you don't want your wife to go to jail, you'll pay for me to go away on a nice long trip. So basically, um, I'm out of here. You're gonna pay me to fucking flee to another country so I don't get done in about these murders. He Heinrich is also retching and vomiting. Mark realizes that Heinrich is now a witness that he has to take care of. So oh, Mark God. finds a loose feather. I'm assuming from like, it's a restaurant, so I don't know if they were like a plucked chicken. I don't know. 
Takes a feather. Ugh, I don't want to see a feather in a restaurant. Oh, and then he, you're going to hate what he does with it. He oh stop. He goes to the toilet stall. Heinrich is throwing up in the other stall. And he takes one of his shoes and he jams it in the toilet. And then he gags himself on the feather to make it sound like he's vomiting. And he calls Heinrich into the stall saying, Heinrich, I'm sick. I'm sick. I can't believe it. I'm sick. And Heinrich's, Heinrich's got his own shit going on. Well, Heinrich says, like, I'm the one who's hurt. Don't tell me you're sick. But Mark says, come, come in here. Heinrich goes into the stall and Mark brains him with the top of the toilet tank, puts the tank back, and then literally puts his head in the toilet and flushes it so it fills with water, drowning Heinrich in the toilet. Ooh. Not the way I want to go, just to be clear. Don't drown me in a toilet. So um, Mark goes back to the apartment, which is now full of gas, and he plugs in, again, a light bulb that I don't know if they make anymore— And he runs out of the building, the spark catches, and the whole fucking apartment blows up. Great. Allison, who do you think is going to survive this movie? Who will survive? No one. I think that they'll destroy each other. I hope Bob survives, but then, you know, he's going to have his own stuff going on. Yeah, I think that you're right to, you have the right um, perspective on it. Um, yeah. This has been, the body count started later in the film than some, but, but. Boy, did we get moving once it started. Yeah, we really got our numbers back in order. Mark then immediately takes Heinrich's bike back to his house, opens the elevator, and Margie is in there, throat slit in a nightie. Still Who did that. Well, we're going to find out. So he brings her back upstairs and puts her on the bathroom floor. And he goes, and it was Anna. And Anna's in the apartment. And I'm like, man, being married is tough stuff. But he's really trying to do it he's for her. doing the work. And uh, he, he runs to the bedroom, covered in blood, and Anna sort of runs to him. And then now it's her turn to clean him up and lift his, like, he takes off his shirt and, and tends to him, like with Bob at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And she says to him, Do you believe in God? He didn't really reply, but after they make love, they discuss sort of the, the faith, right? And the faith okay. being her faith in whatever this entity is. That's my understanding anyways. And basically she says okay. it has to be protected. And Mark says, God is still under the porch where the, my dog died. And I don't know what that means. So I don't know what that means. But I offer it to you because I thought, boy, that's quite a concept, right? I guess. Mark, being practical, says, I, you know, he's going to make plans to protect Anna from the cops, realizing that she murdered Margie. And the reason she murdered Margie is just, like, Margie was in the way of, like, essentially her faith. I don't know, again, like, what that means. Me, no, no. But Mark is trying to make plans to protect Anna from the cops, realizing she m- murdered Margie. So he says, take Heinrich's bike, which luckily Heinrich did teach um, Anna to ride, Go to Margie's place and stay there and leave the cleanup to me. So he's going to clean up Margie's body. And she tells him, tell Bob I, Bob I love him when he wakes up. And they turn, and Bob is up and is just standing in the doorway watching them. Oy. And she hugs Bob, and she sort of makes Mark stay in the kitchen with him while she leaves. And he's like, is, is you making us, are you like making us stay here because it's, it's here with you, the thing? And she says, yes. Later, Heinrich's mother calls. And from now, we're getting sort of like, we're going into like a more surreal, like for the rest of it, things are going to get more surreal, basically. Um, So Heinrich's mother's called and and says, I, you know, I was looking for my son. I heard the apartment exploded, so I went to the bar because I know he went there. And I found his, I found my son's body, but his soul's not there. 
And Mark's like, well, I mean, maybe they parted ways, you know? Okay. But, but Heiner's mother's not hearing. She's not accepting that. So he says, when I find my wife, I will force her to tell me what she did with Heinrich's soul. And Heinrich's mom says, okay. Mark drops off Bob with Helen and goes to find mm-hmm. Anna at Margie's apartment. He walks in on Anna and the thing having sex. Obviously. And th- of course. And the thing is, like, even more like a man. Like, it, it has, like, a full head. It still has, okay. like, the low, like, it, it uh, presumably a dick. And then, um, like, instead of legs, it has tentacles. Okay. And she looks up at her husband and she says over and over again, almost, almost, as you can imagine. Not something you'd love to hear. She's close. Yeah. yeah. She's she's almost there. Um, so, not knowing what to do, presumably he goes to see Heinrich's mom. And he tells her that Heinrich is dead. And so he started talking about, like, so you didn't care that he was talking to my wife? And she tells him, I have to be on my son's side, even if he hurt you. And he said, mm-hmm. I have often wondered what is worse, taking a man's wife, hurting a child, or to kill. It's like, well, it's probably one of the last two. Yeah, first one's kind of not as bad when you put it up against those two. Yeah, I would say what probably the worst thing to do is kill and then hurting a child in any way, and then way down the line of horrible things would be taking a man's wife. But also, no one took her. Like, that's the point of it, is, like, you cannot take someone's wife. Yeah, that's not, she, yeah. In pursuit of. Has agency. Yes, and in pursuit of that, misguidedly so, because she's having sex with a a tentacle person. Right. But, you know, that's what, what is happening, you know. And she tells him, the world is only what it is. Which I think is also interesting because I don't think that's what the movie, the movie suggests the world's actually a lot of different stuff. A lot of different things. So, you know, he tells her, you know, I'm sorry, but your son is dead. And I pres- I'm not religious, but I, based on what you guys believe, that means his soul has, has moved on. So she goes to her bureau. She hands Mark like a photo of Heinrich and she lays down. She takes a bunch of pills and dies by suicide. Okay. Anywho, back to the blood-drenched, tentacled fuck god part of the movie. Yeah, what's he up to? A man approaches Mark, and we realize it's one of the guys from the covert mission. And he's like, we know that you you said you didn't want to do it, but this is what you're born to do, and you're good at it. Why are you fighting your fate? And Mark says, when I was young, I had a dog named Louie. And he tells the story again, like, I had a dog named Louie that crawled under the porch to die. I wanted to see what it was that made him want to crawl under there. And a man, and the man from the organization says, "Nobody is a boy anymore. Must we prove it?" Your lips to God's ear. I mean, I mean, truly, Fabulous. nobody's a boy anymore. So he pedals to over to Margie's place, and we see the cops have arrived out front, presumably to arrest Anna. There is he then commandeers a taxi and puts a gun to the driver's head and says, "Back up!" And then rab, ram into that police cruiser, and the taxi driver says, "With pleasure, sir." And the taxi speeds up, and Mark rolls out right before the taxi slams into the cruisers. And then Mark, because he has a gun, starts shooting on the cops, right? He mm-hmm. gets shot, but he's not killed immediately. He shoots one of the um, the cops. He's gunning down officers. The cop cars explode, and also their car, which was there, jerks back, or Margie's car, rather, jerked backward, and the trunk pops open, so Margie's body dumps out. Aye. All while Anna is standing in the picture window watching all of this. And okay. Mark, and Mark is able to luckily escape from the police. And he gets on the motorbike and he 
he makes his way to an abandoned building with this long, big spiral staircase. And he climbs it. He's bleeding out into this abandoned building. Allison, Anna shows him, finds him. And as, she mm-hmm. wa- as he watches, she, she climbs the stair- spiral staircase and she has something else. She has someone else with her. And she, man? she turns and says, I want to show you it is finished now. Which is also interesting as a Catholic because like it is finished is allegedly Christ's last uh, words on the cross. She turns and it's a, she presents the te- what the ten total man has become, which is a doppelganger of Mark. Oh. And he, he, the only difference is he has brown eyes instead of blue. So I think we're also thinking like Helen is the doppelganger of Anna. Ooh, Anna. And in horror, Mark raises his gun to shoot his doppelganger. And just Obviously. then the cops who have chased him down from shooting the cops outside Marty's house. Okay. They gun down Anna and Mark in a hail of bullets. Meanwhile, evil Mark is just totally fine. And they, they, they weren't like, oh, that's weird. No, unfortunately, <laughs> again, I think it's like people, people have such a myopic idea of what reality yeah. is, so they can't even notice the irreality of these things. And Anna and Mark fall into each other, and they share this, like, blood-filled, like, a kiss that's like, and it's like, that's what real love is like, kissing your, your spouse that you hate uh, with a mouthful of blood. And, but they're still in pain, so Anna picks up the gun, holds it behind her, and shoots through her back, shooting through both their bodies. Mm-hmm. And then evil Mark watch, walks up to the top of the stairwell, and there's a blonde woman who looks very shocked standing there. She has one shoe on, which I believe is an allusion to when Mark took off his shoe to put it in the toilet, and mm-hmm. he gives her the gun. So I, I took that to be like, he's now passing this on. And then the Mark who was near death, he then leaps through the spiral staircase to his death. Meaning okay. the doppelganger is still alive. And we also see the, the guy from the covert organization, he takes off his shoe to look at his foot and then put his shoe back on. He has like a bright pink sock. Mm-hmm. So we cut to Helen um, taking care of Bob at her home. And mm-hmm. there's a knock at the door. And Bob says, don't answer it. Don't answer it. Don't answer it. You know, he's screaming. But Helen says, it could be your father. And in the way that, like, yes, it is sort of his father. In a way. And we see through the door, we see Mark's, like, doppelganger. It looks like he's underwater, sort of, like, knocking at the front door and knocking and knocking. And Bob runs upstairs and throws himself into the bathtub face down as sort of these sounds of battleships and bombshells rain down. And we see Helen in front of the door looking around, reacting to the sounds, which, again, are sounds of war, as the doppelganger of Mark sort of paused at the the floor, at the door behind her. So I think we're supposed to think, like, they have been replaced by, like, a better version of themselves, but Mm -hmm. that version is, like, a perversion. And I didn't Mm -hmm. mean for that to rhyme, but uh, this is a Poetry Slam podcast. Yes, of course. Yes, every episode is. And so we leave on Bob floating face down in the bathtub. Some of the things I read were that he has died or has drowned himself in, in an allusion to Heinrich. I refuse that because I do not want that to be true. I don't want that to be the case. I want him to just be scared, but then it's okay. And then you're not seeing, I think these things, once we get to this point, it's almost like this, we're watching a breakdown, not just of a marriage or a country or a concept of a woman's self, but like the breakdown of reality. So it's mm-hmm. like the thing with the shoe, it's like 
you're having these like patterns repeat, like they're not literal anymore in a way that like all these different things sort of pierce through reality. And I just want to say that the end, but also that Isabel um, Adjani, who played Anna, put her whole monstrous pussy. This is like one of the single best performances I've ever seen in wow. a fucking movie. And I, 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 every scene I was like, to have to go like very so wildly and and have like such an insane range and then still be able to pull off like personal intimate conversations like she did it and and you know I I, I love this movie I thought it was incredible. Elson, yeah. um, what are some fatal mistakes you think people may have made in possession? Fatal mistakes. I mean, a year long affair. And the marriage or the effect, like, you yeah, can't, and it's like it, I guess it, 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 it's easy to take for granted how we feel now about things because mm-hmm. it's like I guess it's like it was eighty one still a point in time where you're like I cannot get married, especially if you're Catholic. I, I don't know. Yeah, and I don't know what like Berlin, even West Berlin, would be like in terms of the culture. Um, right. Like, just get divorced. Like, just get divorced. Yes, absolutely. Um, I think not paying attention to your wife. Um, yes. Not that that will beget her um, making love to an alien monster, but mm-hmm. it definitely seems like it might lead to that. Yes. Um, and then where would you place possession on the spooky scale, Allison? A spooky scale. This feels like a seven to me. Yeah, this one's up there. I think a seven, I th- yeah, I think it's it sounded, like, scary, but also, like, confusing in a scary way. <laughs> yeah. I, like, yeah, there were so many moments, like, like are, that are jarringly out of the reality. Like, you're being moved from a, the reality of the film itself. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't really anticipate anything. And, and then again, like, her performance, and, like, Anna is a character, that breakdown scene in the hallway is so good and so mm-hmm. affecting um, I'm gonna give this an eight. I'm gonna give it oh, one, wow. one more okay. than you. Wow! And that again, doesn't happen very often. It, this seems like something that you could watch. Um, please watch it. I think you really enjoy it. It's yeah, a phenomenal it film. Obviously, that's why people recommended it. So thank you for everyone who did. Yes. Um, shout out to Brett, who I believe was the first person who recommended it back in the uh, in the day. And so yes. we really appreciate that. And boy, were you right. You know, this mm-hmm. was a real a real treat. Um, a treat for the senses. Truly. Um, one of the senses being, do you sight. want to fuck a tentacle oh, monster? I just named some. sight as one. Yeah, movies, a treat <laughs> for the senses, specifically the sight one. Visual. Um, and yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess all that's left to do is ask you guys to, well, actually, no, two things. One, um, if you have, like, we're going to do a lot of off-requested movies, but if there's something that jumps at, like, we'll take, those requests can run through the end of the month. Yeah, let's do it. So, you know, if you have some movie recs that you're dying for us to do yeah. that isn't thematic, send it on in. But then, um, other than that, um, please keep, keep it, it spooky. spooky. Ruined is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Sabrina Fonfetter, and Houston Snyder, recorded and edited by Kat Iosa. Thank you.